Masechet Sota, Daf Lamed Zayin. We are still on the topic of Berachot and Kelalot. We got to this from the Mishnah, which was talking about uh, what can be said in any language. Berachot and Kelalot have to be said in Hebrew. And so yesterday we were uh, discussing how they were arranged of six uh, Shivatim here and six Shivatim there, and was missing one letter to make 50 letters. So we're wondering where the extra letter was. We found it in the name of Binyamin. But in the meantime, we also noted that Yosef, is also spelled Yehosef with an extra letter. Why did Yosef get an extra letter? Because he was Mekadesh Shem Shamayim privately, so he just got one extra letter. Whereas Yehuda, who uh, made a Kiddush Hashem publicly, so that's why his entire name is all has all the letters of Hashem's name, so it's more apparent because his Kiddush Hashem was public. So we already talked about what um, Yosef's Kiddush Hashem was, and now we're going to continue and say, Yehuda, Maihi, what was the Kiddush Hashem in public of Yehuda? Detanya, it's in the following Braita. There's going to be two opinions in the Braita. The second one is going to be the one that we need. When Bnei Israel were standing by the sea and, and the Egyptians were running after them and then they realized that they're going to have to go into the sea and the sea is going to split before them they were each fighting and arguing with each other each one wanted the opportunity to go and jump in first. So one Shevet says, I want to go in first. This is no, was pushing him back. So no, I'm going to go in first. They're each trying to. Um, like uh, when more, you know, when you go out with friends and each one wants to pay the bill. No, I'm going to pay the bill. Give me that credit card, right? Each one wants to do the favor for the other. And so here, each one wants to make that mitzvah and go in first. And sure enough, Binyamin was able to push to the front of the line and he jumped in first. And it says in Mizmor 68, which we say on Shavuot, there's Binyamin, Sair Rodem. And Altikre Rodem, Ela Red Yam. Take that word, that last word literally means here is Binyamin, the youngest, ruling them. Even though he's the youngest, he's ruling. Um, but we read it not as ruling, but rather Rad Yam, that he went down to the sea. He was the first one. And Yehuda was so upset because they wanted to be first and they expressed their uh, frustration by stoning uh, the, uh, the stoning the, uh, uh, the Benjaminites, as it says, the princes of Yehuda, literally their council, but also Ragom Otam, uh, Ragam Otam, that they stoned them, uh, which seems to be pretty extreme. A reaction, hope they didn't hurt anyone, um, but to uh, getting uh, someone else getting to the mitzvah first. Okay, but anyway, that is one opinion that each one wanted to do the mitzvah first, and because Binyamin went and jumped up and did it first, the fichach zacha Binyamin asadik v'nasa ush pizchan ligvura shenemar uben ketefav shachen. Because Binyamin was merited, uh, merited to go and uh, do that mitzvah first and lead the way and risk their lives to jump in with full faith that they would be saved. Because of that, they became the host for the Almighty. The word Ushpizin um, comes from the same Latin root, same Greek root as um, uh, uh, as hospital or hospitality. Um, hospitality, right, means to uh, when it either to host someone 
um, uh, as in right, hospitality means that. Um, Ushpizin in Aramaic can actually mean either to be a guest or to be a host, right? Ushpizin, we talk about Ushpizin on, on Sukkot. Those are guests that come to our Sukkah. Um, but either way, it does come to, it does come from a common uh, Greek root. Um, interestingly, that we have the hospitality, means to invite someone over, but also is the root of hospital. That's when someone stays over in a building because they have medical needs. Um, but either way, they are staying over and being taken care of. Interestingly, in Hebrew, le'ashpez, modern Hebrew, le'ashpez means to be hospitalized. So you see the very same root in English means hospitalizing, being a guest over for a, din- for a dinner, but also uh, for medical attention. And in uh, Hebrew, Aramaic also, and modern Hebrew has both of those meanings. Okay, anyway, because Binyamin was uh, one in first, so he got to host the Gevurah um, uh, because the Bet HaMikdash, Yerushalayim, is in the tribe of Binyamin. And that's why I said between its shoulders, it rests shoulders refers to the mountain range, um, all or that's around the um, that surrounds Yerusha, that surrounds um, uh, Harabait, and that all that is in the tribe of of Binyamin. Okay, all that is the interpretation of Bimeir. But here, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Uda uh, is not is not the one that Mikadeshim Shamayim. They don't get to go in first. If anything, they're just stoning people who did go to get to go in first. Uh, rather, the big Kiddush Hashem of, Yud, of Yehuda is mentioned by Rabbi Yehuda. Malo Rabbi Yehuda. Lo so that was the opposite. Nobody wanted to jump in. And each tribe says, I'm not going first, you go. I'm not going first, you go. Until Nachshon ben Aminadav from the tribe of Yehuda, he said, okay, I'll go first. And he jumped in first. And this is based on Pasukev in Hosea about if saying something negative about Ephraim, they surround me with lies, and uh, all Bet Israel, none of them are doing what they need to do. And Yehuda, he's the one that, uh, you could read Rad as Red, he's the one that jumped down because uh, he was with God, and he uh, saved the day. And so that is the big Kiddush uh, Hashem that Yehuda was able to do. And so Nachshon, as he when he went in, and the water was going up and up, up to his neck. So this is the prayer that he said, right? Save me, because the waters are coming. Ad nafesh. Nefesh could mean soul, but it could also mean neck. It could also mean breath. I'm about to drown. I'm sunk deep, right? I can't stand. Uh, please let not the water flood uh, flood overwhelm me. Uh, neither let the deep uh, swallow me up. And Moshe was also praying for a long time. And Hashem said, My beloved one is drowning. My beloved ones are drowning in the sea. And you're sitting there praying, right? You're saying a long Amidah. 
Go and do something about it. And so Moshe says, what am I supposed to do? How can I? That's all I know what to do. What to do is pray. What can I do? There's a sea right here and it's threatening us. I will drown. And Hashem says, go tell me Israel to travel. Just go. And when you start going, then um, the sea will split and you uh, you should ra- ra- uh, um, raise up your rod, over, stretch it out over the, over the sea. And that will be an indication that this miraculous splitting is uh, caused by is is you are initiating it um and this is a this is in fact a miracle it's not just happenstance that happened to be a big uh, tornado a tsunami wind, but that you are initiating it at God's command. And as a reward for Yehuda, jumping in first, they got to uh, have, they got to govern Israel. As the Pasuk says, Yehuda became, uh, became his sanctuary, um, Israel, his dominion. This Pasuk is interesting because it seems to reflect a, 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 it, uh, a parallels Yehuda Yehuda and Israel. That's that makes sense if when you're talking about the southern kingdom, Yehuda and Israel being the northern kingdom. Um, even though at the time of Kiryat Yamsuf that was not yet the case, even in the time of Yoshua, it was not only until the split of the kingdom between the south and the north. Um, but but uh, nevertheless, um, this is uh, this reflects that Yehuda um, is parallel here to Israel, and they are holy, God's holy ones, and um, his memshala is governing Israel. What is the reason that Yehuda was holy and was able to rule over uh, Israel? Because the next pasuk, the sea saw and ran away. The sea saw what? It saw Nachshon ben Aminadav jump in, and he's from the tribe of Yehuda. So um, a very a very beautiful midrash connects those two pesukim together and says. Uh, you know, otherwise, what's the relevance of Yehuda here um, being governing, uh, explaining the cause and effect? And so that was the big Kiddush Hashem that Yehuda did. Next, Tatanyar bi Eliezer ben Yaakov Omer, I efshal omar levi lemata, shekva lemar lemala, vi efshal omar lemala, shekva nemar lemata. So, um, back uh, in the previous staff, we were talking about how there were six and six, but then at some point we said, no, no, maybe there were six on Har Eval and only five on Har Girizim because Levi was standing down in the middle. So now we're returning to that point and we're, and we're saying that Levi, you can't, you can't be that Levi was down on the bottom in the valley between the two mountains because it says that they are up on top uh, when it mentions the six Shevatim uh, um, that are on Har Gerizim it says Shimon Levi Yehuda and so on so Levi was clearly up uh, up on the mountain but you can't say that they're up on the mountain because it says they were below that Pasuk is here in Yerushua where it says Kol Yisrael Zuknav Zeshtotov Shoftav Omdim Mizeh Umizeh it says that the uh, the, the the tribes were standing on this side and on the other side 
of the Adon, which is with the Kohanim and Levim, who were carrying the Adon. So you see clearly here that the, um, right, uh, so you see clearly here that the tribes were on two sides, and the, the Adon and the Levim are in the middle. In the middle means down below. So which one is it? Where are the Levim? Hakesad. The answer is, So the first answer is, is actually only the elders of the Kohanim and the Levim, they were down, not the entire tribe, the rest of the tribe, most of the tribe of the Levim were up on Hadgirizim. Right, you don't need everybody, all the Levim, to be down there, but rather the wise people, the wise people, the elders, they're the ones that were the respected leaders of the religious leaders of the nation. And so they would be down in the middle and they would be they would be the ones pronouncing the blessings and curses. Uh, so that's how we can reconcile both Pesukim. Rabbi Yoshia says a little bit differently that any Levi who was fit to serve or, or the proper age. Um, he was uh, would be down, whereas the rest of the of the Levim would be up. If those were too young or too old, uh, the women they would be up on the mountain. Uh, so that would be more people than uh, than the Tanakama, but still the majority of the tribe would be up on the mountain. Rabbi Omer, Elo ve'elo lemata hen omdim, hafchu penehem kelepehar gedizim, ufatchu bebiracha kelepehar al-ayval, upratu beklala, mai al, al besamuch. Rabbi has a completely different opinion. He says, the Levim and all of Bnei Israel were standing below, all together in the valley on the bottom of the mountain. Uh, rather, they would just turn their faces towards Har Gerizim, and they, and they said the Barakha. They would turn their faces towards Har Ibal and say the Kilala. Uh, so the Shivatim must have been somehow arranged, six on one side and six on the other side, near the mountain, but they weren't on the mountain. And when your Pasuk says Al, that sounds like they were on the mountain. No, Al could also mean adjacent to. Right here's the Pasuk, Eli Al Har Gerizim. It means they were near Hargirizim and uh, those tribes and the other tribes were near Hargirizim towards, towards Hargirizim um, but none of them, nobody was actually on the mountain. And now where else, where else do you see that the word Al can mean next to? Uh, we have a Pasuk where it's talking about the 12 loaves that were put on the uh, on the Shulchan. Uh, there were six and six. Each, each uh, six is a Ma'arechet or a row. And so for each of the six, you have to put a cup of frankincense, lebona. So it says you put al hamarechet. If you take that literally, then that means you have the six loaves stacked up, and on top of the loaves, you put the cup of frankincense. And there actually is one opinion in the Mishnah that says you do exactly that. And in fact, Josephus, who was uh, uh, who was around during the end of the second Beit Hamikdash, says that it reports that the frankincense was in fact on top. So literally al. However, the Mishnah and here notes a different opinion that of Rabbi that says al means next to. There was some space um, on the table between the two uh, rows, and in that space, uh, right on the shulchan, that's where they put the cup of frankincense. And so here uh, you would translate um, actually like the English translation here, which is JPS. With each row, you shall pay, pay, place pure frankincense.
Uh, now, uh, this Midrash in the Beraita questions it because actually this example is also ambiguous. It could mean literally on top. So does Al here mean next to, or maybe it means literally on top? We're going to bring another, uh, yet another Pasuk where it clearly means next to. Now the Parochet, that's the curtain that separates the Kodesh Kodeshim with the, from the rest of the Hechal. Um, even though the Pasuk says, you put the Adon in the Kodesh Kodeshim and you cover it where you cover on top of it uh the on top of the add-on with the parochet so it sounds literally like you put this curtain parochet on top covering the add-on but nobody thinks it means that right everybody knows that the parochet is uh, hung upright and is not covering the add-on but rather screening it off and so here also it means uh next to but not literally on so that's how we prove that the word al can have both of those meanings, and that's the meaning that the B says it has regarding the frankincense, and that's also the meaning he says that it has regarding had Gidizim and had Aiva, they were only next to it. Okay, now they, whoever it is, either all the tribes or the Levim particularly, now faced Har Gerizim and they say the Beracha. We're now going to learn that actually each commandment that was given was given multiple times in different ways. Uh, and it's going to multiply to a big number. So let's pay attention to all the multiplication here. So first of all, every Baruch that was, uh, every blessing that was said, was said in a generality, keep all the mitzvot, and then in the particular, this particular mitzvah. And then that was repeated for Arod in general, and Arod a, for a particular one. Uh, let's look at the Pesukim and we can appreciate where they might be getting this from. Siv uh, Arodim start here. The Torah does not mention the Baruch, so that's already something that uh, we are assuming that they said Arod, well, it only mentions Arod, but there's Harikidizim, where's the Baruch? So for everything that says Arod, there's also a parallel Baruch of that's the opposite. Um, uh, so, okay, so that's already each of these um, 12 items, there's 12 Arudim in this list are already doubled. Uh, now, but besides that doubling, you have You have a particular curse about idolatry. And then it goes on to other things. Um, you can see that it seems to parallel, many of them parallel Ten Commandments. And it goes on. And the last one is Any curses anyone who doesn't uphold all the teachings of the Torah. So you see, this is a general statement that includes everything. So that is the first multiplication here that every um, Baruch has comes with a general and a particular, uh, and every curse has a general and particular. And furthermore, lilmod ul-lamed lishmod velasot. For every commandment, um, the, they they had to be told, listen, you have to go learn this commandment. How are you going to do it if you don't know the details of the laws of what is permitted and what is not allowed? So you have to learn it. It's not enough to learn it. You also have to teach it. You have to teach it to your, to your children, to your neighbors. Make sure that they follow it as well. We're going to see in a, in a minute, we're going to learn the concept of everybody's guaranteed to each other. So therefore, you have to go and tell other people about it. Now, la'asot means to do it, to actually to, to uh, perform it. Lishmot, lishmot, la'asot seem to be uh, synonyms. So lishmot must be adding something. 
and perhaps the shmot is to safeguard it, right? Make sure that uh, you're going to put a put a reminder for the Omed. Don't uh, just to say, oh, I'll count the Omed, right, when I get a chance. Uh, Lishmod is to make sure that you're going to put a safeguard so you don't uh, go over a negative commandment and that you'll do what you have to do. So besides actual, actually doing it, also setting up strategies to make sure that you will uh, not violate. So anyway, for each, every, each and every commandment, there was also four uh, four statements. Um, there's a machloket. The Gionim say that actually every Arur was repeated four times, right? Arur is anyone who doesn't learn the laws regarding this. And Baruch, everyone who learn and everyone who learns the laws. And Baruch, everyone who teaches it. That each, so each thing was, uh, was repeated four times in Baruch and four times as, as a Kelala. Um, others say, no, it's just implied. Um, if you say, right, Arur, don't, uh, make, uh, don't do idolatry, implied and that is four levels of commitment in order to achieve fulfillment. Okay, so hare arba. So we have four aspects of every single mitzvah. Arba v'arba hare shemona. Now you have four aspects for the general and four aspects for the particular. So that's eight for every mitzvah. Shemone ushmone hare shesh asre. And you also have, um, for each one, you have the blessing and the curse. So that's eight and eight. So for every single mitzvah, you're going to uh, repeat it, or at least is implied within it, 16 uh, different formulations of that mitzvah, right? As a general, as a particular, times as a blessing and a curse, times four different aspects of its of ensuring uh, fulfillment. So that's 16 for every single mitzvah. Now, besides that, this entire berit ceremony um, of, of uh, teaching and adjuring the people and everybody agreeing, yes, we're going to do it, this, this covenant ceremony was done three times. It was done at Har Sinai back in the, uh, in the first year um, when Bnei Israel left Egypt. And it was also in Arvot Moav in the 40th year when Moshe told it to them. And now again in the time of Yahushua at, um, at um, uh, Har Gerizim and Har Eval. So all this was repeated, all 16 for every single mitzvah was repeated three times. Shene'emar ele dibir habirit asher siva Hashem et Moshe dechrot et b'nei Israel be'eres Moav milibad habirit asher karat yitam bechorev. Chorev is the one from Har Sinai. So you see everything that happened here already happened back there. Uchtibosh matem et b'nei habirit hazot. And you have to observe this, this covenant along with that one. Uh, it's not clear what this pasuk is adding. Some people take it out. Okay, Nimsa Arbaim Ushmone Beritot Alkol Misva Umisva. So if we take these sixteen and the fact that it was uh, there was a, a covenant ceremony at three different occasions. So 16 times 3 is 48. Every single mitzvah in the entire Torah was repeated and confirmed and reconfirmed 48 times. Good. Rabbi Shimon agrees that's 48, except he doesn't count Har Gerizim Perhaps because there it's only um, uh, 
there's only 12 adurim. One of them is a generality. There's only 11 particular commandments, and so it doesn't, um, he doesn't see there that the entire Torah was reconfirmed, so he takes out that one. But instead, in Ohl Moed, during the Midbar, during the 38 intervening years, uh, the Torah was taught again and was confirmed again, and so that's how he counts the three different covenants. Good. Fundamental machloket here between Rabbi Ishmael and Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Ishmael says that the generalities of the commandments were given at Sinai, and then the particulars were given in Ol Moed. In other words, at Har Sinai, Moshe only taught to Bnei Israel the generalities of the commandments. Right? He says, if you're going to make a mizbeach, make it out of uh, uh, earth. Um, that's it. He didn't give the details of korbanot at that time. He just said a general commandment about uh, stealing, uh, about Shabbat. He said a general keep Shabbat, but didn't give the details when because it was only that was only one uh, moment there. Uh, whereas uh, uh, they were there for a while, but how much could he teach during uh, during that time? There was Sinai, not everything. So therefore, it was only the generalities of the rules. And later, during the next uh, next uh, the thirty eight years that they were traveling in the desert. Then Moshe elaborated on um, each of these commandments, and then and you find that elaboration uh, in Sefer Vayikra and Sefer Bemidbar, um, the elaboration. So that's the opinion of Rabbi Ishmael. Because of that, Rabbi Ishmael, remember Rabbi Ishmael is in the school uh, of Midrash that says, Torah speaks in human language, and therefore you don't have to learn anything from doubles. If you have a double verb, Rabbi Ishmael says, that's just uh, for emphasis, it's just for style. And Rabbi Ishmael also says, if you have a pasuk, uh, that's mentioned twice, right, uh, in two different p- places in the Chumash regarding the same law. I don't have to learn anything new from the second one. Why? Because the first one was there as a generality, and then the next one is repeating the generality so that it could add more particulars. And so therefore there's nothing interesting there, and you're not going to learn any extra laws from the doubling. Those Pesukim are not extra. They're there to fill in more details from the generality. This is this contrasts with Rabbi Akiva Omer. According to Rabbi Akiva, all the generalities and every particular of every mitzvah was also given at Har Sinai. And every particular was repeated in Al Mo'ed, and every generality in particular um, uh, law was uh, said a third time in Arvot Mo'av at, in the 40th year, in the first year, during the travels, and the 40th year. They're all repeated. According to the Biakiva, who does who does learn from double language and extra words and extra letters, and the Torah has not been written in human language, it's written in special code language, special legal prophetic language, according to the Akiva, if you have a law said that said here and repeated here, maybe a third time, you're going to learn an extra law, an extra nuance uh, from each and every one. So a good example is Lot Vashel Gadiba Khalev Ima. Akiva says, why is it repeated three times? Oh, it must be to teach me. And he adds uh, uh, three different things that it teaches us. Rabbi Ishmael says, why is it repeated three times? Because there was three different taught, and it was said in each Birit. And one time it was just a generality, and then details uh, were uh, came after, but there's nothing so significant about the repetition.
Okay, so this is very important and um, and relates to uh, this uh, this the the machloket. So these two opinions, uh, the Bishimon would hold would, would follow. That's the Bishimon Bar Yochai would follow his teacher to be Akiva. And so you see, the Akiva here says that there was three times during Moshe's lifetime at Sinai Ol Moed and and Arvot Moav, and that's what the Bishmael says also. Where that's sorry, that's what the Akiva. Rebekiva says three times, and also what Rebbe Shimon Bar Yochai says as well, three times during Moshe's lifetime. Whereas Rebbe Ishmael, um, uh, who say, uh, would agree with the first opinion up here that says um, it was at Sinai and Arbot Moav, the first year and the last year, so that was generalities, um, uh, the, the generalities, and then during the Ol Moed, that was just particulars, but that was not its own law giving, right? During the 38 years was not a separate covenant ceremony. So you see, Rabbi Ishmael uh, would agree with the Tanakama um, of that Baraita. Okay, and this Baraita concludes repeating the point we said above that for every mitzvah, in every Berit was um, uh, expressed uh, 48 different ways. Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda, Ish kefar ako, Amar Mishon Rabbi Shimon, En lecha mitzvah mitzvah shiketubah batorah shel nichletu aleha arba'im ushmone beritot, shel shesh meot elef ushloshet alafim vachamesh meot vachamishim. So now we're going to multiply it even more by every member of the population. For every mitzvah that was um, said in 48 aspects, um, it was uh, also uh, multiplied by each person, 603,550, because every member of the Jewish people received the covenant and personally obligated themselves. And so therefore, every commandment had to be said 48 times to person one, person two, person three. And so uh, there's a collective bidit for the whole nation, but also an individual bidit for each one. And so we multiply it even more. Amada B. So the B says what uh, repeats what um, uh, we just said in the name of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. But now he's going to add that for every single, he's going to multiply it once again by 603,550. So you find that every single person of Israel um, uh, had to enter into 603,550 covenants um, because he's not only entering covenant for himself, but he's also responsible for his neighbor. And so it's 603,550 50 squared for each and every person. Uh, so that's even a much a much more. And each of those is 48 times. Okay, my Benayu was distinction between that first and second opinion. According to the first opinion of Rabbi Shimon, so everybody has an obligation not only to learn but also to teach. So everybody's responsible for his fellow. That's Arva, that's just one uh, step of being a guarantor. But according to Rabbi Udanasi, who says each individual enters into a covenant for themselves 
and for every single other person in the nation. So that would mean that I am responsible to make sure that my friend will be responsible for his friend. So let's say there's some guy out there that I don't have a direct connection to. If I have a direct connection to, then certainly I have to go in and tell him, you know, this is a proper thing to do. You know, why don't you come and try to do this? Um, so yes, I'll have to do that. But um, Rabbi Yudah Nasi adds that, let's say, I don't have a direct connection to him, but I know that he is friendly with this other guy. So then I have to go and tell that other guy to tell, the, to tell that third party uh, to uh, stop doing something negative or do something that he's supposed to do. And so that increases the level of guarantorship uh, one extra step. Okay, uh, it's not just a numbers game here, right? You can see that the point of these multiplying is to uh, show the extent of the responsibility of entering into this legally binding covenant um, that applies as a collective and as individuals and as individuals to each other as individuals as well. Tadash Rabbi Yehuda ben Nachmani Metur Gemane, the Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, called Parashakula, a Parashakula, Lonemra, Ella Benoef, Veno Afet, Rabbi Yehuda, the Metur Geman, literally means a translator, um, like in the Torah, they would read in Hebrew, and then Metur Geman would read in Aramaic. But this is not talking about that kind of translator, but rather the spokesperson. Uh, the rabbi who was giving uh, the rasha would not speak in a loud voice. There might be hundreds or thousands of people in a place. So the rabbi would speak in a soft voice, and he had next to him the uh, human loudspeaker that would not only say things in a louder voice, not necessarily translating, it might be the same language, but he would say it in a louder voice, but also elaborate and expand um, on what the rabbi was saying. So, uh, the Rebbe Ben Nachman, who was the spokesperson of Resh Lakish, said that this entire section, all the blessings and curses, were actually focused on uh, adultery. Um, why does he say that? Arur ha'ish asher yaseh pesel masecha ve'gomel ve'gomel be'arur sagile. The first one says, cursed is someone who who does idolatry. Wait, just a curse? That's all he gets? Idolatry? That's one of the worst sins. He should get not only capital punishment, he denied the basic foundation of the entire Torah, not sufficient for him just to have a curse. Rather, it's not talking about someone who directly worships idolatry. That would be worse. But rather, it's talking about someone who has a child um, is at, in, out of, uh, with someone who's prohibited to him. And they have a, uh, uh, and that child will be a mamzer. Now, what's a mamzer going to do? Mamzer can't marry uh, into the regular community of Jews. He has to go find another mamzeret very hard. So because he's rejected from marriage into the community, he is probably going to go and marry someone in, out in, the, in the rest of the world who are idolaters. And then he's going to have a child. He's going to bring up a family of idolaters. And so therefore, this, uh, that person who went and committed adultery, those people that committed adultery indirectly, have a child who's a mamzed who's going to end up increasing avodah zarah. That's what it's talking about.
because um, they, it's their fault. They caused the child to go in that bad direction. So actually, um, you see that even though it's talking about adultery, it's really talking about um, uh, adultery and and the indirect causes that that brings. And you can explain that also for the the rest of it. That you could look at the commentaries. Um, uh, someone who hits their father or mother with not going to have a good relationship, right? Why why did you do that? And so on. Tenura banan venatata a al this pasuk from Devarim Yud Aleph says the Berachah will be Hagirizim and the Kalan Had Eval. But why do we need to say that? Um, if it's to teach us literally what it says, that Berachah is on Hagirizim and, and the curse is on Had Eval, but that's already mentioned in a different pasuk later in the Sefer Devarim, which is the main section that's going to de- uh, uh, describe the details. Um, it says these are going to be the, the blessing of the, this is the, these tribes are going to be for the blessing of Israel on Hagirizim, and these tribes are going to stand for the curse on Hareval. So we already know that. Rather, this pasuk from Devarim Yud Aleph is teaching that you should say the Beracha first. You see, it says the Beracha, the Hagrizim, and then it mentions the Kelala. So it's just about the order. That's what we learned from that pasuk. Now, if you had that, if you say the order is Berachot first and Kelalot later, it sounds like you should do all the Berachot first, all 12, and then all 12 Kelalot after. Uh, so is that right? No. Tamod Lomar, Beracha uklala, Beracha chat kodemet liklala, ve'en kola Berachot kodemot la Kelalot. He says it's an atatat ha beracha. Doesn't say berachot in plural, but in singular. That's from we, that we learn that you do one beracha, one kelala. The next one, one beracha, one kelala. Ul hakish beracha liklala domalecha. Ma kelala bilviim af beracha bilviim. O ma kelala bekol ram af beracha bekol ram. And furthermore, by putting beracha right there back to back, it teaches you that. They, we should learn one from the other, and they are done in the same in the same way. Just like the kelala, the levim pronounce them, so to the beracha, the levim pronounce it. Just like the kelala is said in a loud voice, so to beracha has to be said in a loud voice. Now we're coming all the way back around from to the beginning to the to the original Mishnah, how we got to this topic in the first place. Um, just like the kelala has to be in Hebrew only, so to the beracha has to be said in Hebrew. Only. Just like you say a generality, anyone who violates all the commandments, and then you say the particular one. So to the Berachas, you have to say a general statement and then the particular one. And just like after each curse, everybody answers Amen, so too after every blessing, every single person answers Amen. One more tangent regarding this statement here that um, anyone who commits adultery uh, or incense and then has a child and a mamzer, that is indirectly, uh, they are causing avodazara. This statement uh, came up and uh, is cited by Rabbi Uziel in a, a very surprising and somewhat radical teshuvah. The question was asked about a woman who is pregnant 
from uh, adultery, and so that child will be a mamzer. And during the pregnancy, they came to Rabbi Uziel, she wants to have an abortion, she doesn't want to have this child. Is it permitted to make have an abortion or not? Generally, no. Rabbi Uziel goes and says, well, what's the prohibition? He says, it's murder, but only midirabanan, because the child is not yet born. And if, uh, if it is born, the parents are committing idolatry. He takes this, they, he learns it from here. And so, which is worse, right? Um, uh, murder, midirabanan, or idolatry, deoraita. Idolatry is worse. And therefore, to prevent the uh, committing the sin of idolatry, he permitted. Uh, in that case. There was one caveat though, it was permitted only to the parents to perform the abortion, like if the mother took a pill. So she would have to do some do it herself. It was not permitted for a doctor or anyone else to go and do it because for the doctor, they're not they didn't commit idolatry, so they cannot commit uh, the, uh, the they cannot that for them it would not override the prohibition of midrabanan murder. So uh, this is very interesting that this uh, derasha here uh, played an important part in that teshuvah of Rabbi Uziel. Although I don't uh, I don't know anyone who follows uh, that. I'm not. Sure if that is followed by any later poskim. Baruch Adonai Leolam. Amen. Amen.